Hi, I'm Andrew Morris, and this is the 2021 CBAA National Features and Documentary Series, a collection of 10 new features from producers right around Australia. This next feature was made on the lands of the Turrbal and Yagara people, and we pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. The subject of height discrimination often falls short of including the stories of incredibly tall people. And if you're a female who is way above the average height, the pressure to be shorter can be truly harmful. Through the stories of a sci-fi author and a former netball player, Radio 4EB's Anissa Habaya finds out just how low the prejudice against tall women and girls' height can go. This is Standing Tall. Does height really matter? Do you wish you were taller? Would your life have been better if you were? We use phrases like tall, dark and handsome to suggest advantage. But in many cultures around the globe, being short is associated with a woman's attractiveness, as tallness is known to be a masculine characteristic associated with power and strength. In Australia, the average height in men is 5 feet and 10 inches. For Australian women, the average is 5 feet and 5 inches. That's an average difference of about 8% between men and women. But what if you're a woman who is way above the average height? Marianne is way above the average height. She stands at 6 feet and 5 inches. The experiences she had growing up as a tall girl in Australia is everything but trivial. It was unpleasant and scary. Born in 1961, Marianne realized early on as a child she was taller than the average kid. At the age of 10 and a half, 11, I was 5 foot 11. So it was pretty hard not to recognize that I was significantly taller than everybody else. It was something I was comfortable about within my own family, but I got teased very much when I went to primary school. You know, in those good old days when the boys used to kind of pull your hair and smack you across the back of the head with a ruler and things like that, the taunts were always around my size. And I have a recollection of going to a school dance when I was probably 15 and a half. And one of the parents of one of my friends came up to me halfway through and told me I looked like a, a, a large gangly spider dancing on the floor. And I was remember being absolutely... <laughs> Humiliated. As Marianne got to her teens, things went on a downward spiral. Marianne's mom offered her the kind of support she didn't really need or want. I had another very unpleasant memory where my mother took me to see a general practitioner, an older man, and I walked in the door. I think I went to see him about something unrelated, but I remember walking in the door and sitting down and him telling me that he would be happy, in all seriousness, happy to recommend me for a surgery where I could cut two or three inches out of my legs. A strange encounter with a general practitioner prompted Marianne and her mother to see an endocrinologist instead. At age 15, unlike other kids who are living a pleasant childhood, Marianne was undergoing treatment to stop her from growing any taller. The endocrinologist recommended that if they started me on some kind of hormone treatment that they could accelerate puberty and I would stop growing more quickly. 
which meant I had to take this oestrogen tablets when I was at school and they used to make me really nauseous. So I would then have to take anti-nausea tablets to, um, to combat that. And I just remember being very, very angry about it, angry about feeling sick in the mornings at boarding school, angry about the fact that I felt, you know, a bit freakish because I was having to do something to stop, uh, to stop me growing. I also remember once I started on the treatment uh, under the endocrinologist that I would have to go uh, on these regular visits to see him and he would do very intrusive full body examinations of me. To this day, I still don't know whether they were necessary. He would measure me every time I went and I would stand under the measuring, measuring tape and he would stretch my neck and stretch my neck trying to get me as high as I could. Those memories were very difficult because, you know, as a teenager you're very sensitive about your appearance and your puberty, all those sorts of things, and to have him kind of poking around literally in those areas was, yeah, there was a terribly bad memory. I absolutely hated going to see him. Marianne says as she got older, she tried to speak with her mother to understand why she felt it was necessary for Marianne to undergo treatment. She says, her mother always refused to talk about it and just swept everything under the rug. Marianne's relationship with her mother has been in a constant up and down, mostly because of the memory of the treatment. The hardest thing was sort of trying to understand or, you know, accept that my parents felt that I was really, you know, freakish, if you like. Marianne may have felt excluded within her own family. However, the feeling of inclusion came as a surprise one day when after many years of feeling angry and alone, she stumbled upon a documentary that provided her an incredible sense of belonging and comfort. By the time I got to about my 40s, there was a documentary and a bit of news around the fact that there was a whole generation of women like me who had been encouraged to try and stunt their growth or do something about their growth to, to be smaller. You know, weirdly, that was kind of nice to know that I wasn't the only one in the world that that had happened to. It was also in sports where Marianne found acceptance and a sense of purpose. If it was not for her height, she may have never played basketball. Apart from being a sci-fi author, she is also a basketball coach and a life coach to young women. Through sport, I began to not only widen my kind of group of friends, the, the kind of people that would accept me for who I was, but it helped me with my resilience as a human being. Probably the most affirming of all, all my experiences around being a tall woman. A friendly conversation with a former elite netball player has opened my eyes to how tall people may be overcompensating for their height. Laura played for the premier netball team, the Queensland Firebirds. Growing up in a small country town in the 90s, Laura says she always tried really hard to excel at school so people look beyond her height. When I was 12, 
I was already six foot tall. The first thing they'd say when they'd meet me was, wow, you're, you're really tall. How old are you? And I suppose that just always reinforced to me that the height I was was different or it wasn't what was expected. People staring, people being noticeably taken aback with how tall I was. It just made me feel like I, I was not six foot tall, I was 60 foot tall. Being in an environment where height was so celebrated and, and seen as such, a, such an edge and such an asset just, you know, was an incredibly validating experience for me, for someone who had been self-conscious growing up about my height. I wouldn't have traded a single centimetre on the netball court. <laughs> it was all very important. The coach once said to me that you can teach skill, but you can't teach height. And while she eventually found success in netball, she says the gender power play affected her self-esteem as a young girl. In our culture, that the running narrative or the pervasive narrative is that men are taller than women, generally, and where I think heterosexuality is and heterosexual relationships are still privileged to a large degree. And growing up when you're in primary school, I grew up in a small country town where it was my belief that I'd end up in a, a man-woman relationship. And I was nervous because I was taller than all of the boys my age. Marianne personally understands what Laura meant. Motherhood has given Marianne quite a bittersweet view on how different her son's life is compared to hers. One of my sons is six foot seven, and for him, one being a boy, but two also being brought up by a mother who'd had these issues, I was only ever determined that he should see his height as a positive thing and it's been such a advantage for him in his life, whereas I had felt like I had to fight to see it that way. Following a divorce from a few years ago, Marianne was ready to date again. She thought it would be best to be totally open and upfront in her dating profile about how tall she is. And I made a point of putting in the dating app in my profile that I was over six foot because you just have to tell people that you have to because otherwise you turn up they're embarrassed you're embarrassed a guy turns up and he's five foot five and he's you know there'll be the odd man that will say oh this is cool but generally they're just like oh my goodness you know this is not what I was expecting but as a younger girl it was very difficult yeah and I was always stooping always um you know trying to kind of physically make myself appear a bit smaller than I was as a sci-fi author, Marianne now marvels in the credibility and power that her height gives her in creating the characters in her stories. Often my characters are tall. <laughs> so there's a sense of credibility about what I'm writing. Also, you could say a lot of my characters have been strong kind of female action heroes. There's authenticity to the way I write about those sorts of characters. There may be a growing movement of acceptance across the world to embrace people of all genders, backgrounds and races, but it may have ignored the ordeals of tall people, especially the women.
but maybe it is fear and that people are really afraid not of tall women but of themselves as the saying goes people are not afraid of heights they are afraid of falling which something that i've felt quite strongly as i've gotten older is that i have a i have a level of personal security like i feel more personally secure being a taller woman any kind of predator is going to look at somebody my height and say well that's probably a difficult takedown you know <laughs> That was Anissa Habaya with Standing Tall, produced at the studios of Radio 4EB on the lands of the Turrbal and Yagara people, with supervising production from Celeste McIntosh and training from the Community Media Training Organisation. It was part of the 2021 National Features and Documentary Series. There are another nine stories to hear, so if you'd like to hear more, visit nfds.org.au. This program was made possible with support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au.